Welcome to Big Dave's Racing Podcast, sponsored by, well, we don't have a sponsor yet, but we'll have one soon. Till then, buckle up and get ready for the ride. All right, folks, I got a big show for you this week. I got tons of news and racing results from this past week and weekend. The sprint cars are racing. The dirt late models have been racing this past week. The NHRA and the ARCA series started their seasons. Uh, NHRA was at Winter Nationals in Pomona. ARCA started their season with the Daytona 200 at Daytona International Speedway. Uh, the Supercross boys, they were out in San Diego last week. Uh, the NASCAR season, the Cup guys, they started up their season with a Bush Clash on yesterday, on Sunday, and Daytona 500 qualifying on Sunday. Um, and I got so much more news for you. It's all going to be right here on Big Days Racing Podcast, so buckle up and get ready for the ride. General news. Okay, I just have a couple quick things on the general news this week. Uh, Coca-Cola becomes title sponsor of the E-NASCAR iRacing Series. So that's a big deal for the new, uh, I think they had the series last year, but it's real racing. These teams, cup teams, have got their own drivers and stuff representing them in the series. So really cool. Nice to see Coca-Cola come on board. Um, and also NASCAR just had their Hall of Fame induction uh, last weekend and or not this past weekend but the weekend before and they had just announced changes to the nascar hall of fame induction process uh, basically it goes from five inductees an annually to three inductees um, two modern air inductees and one pioneer air inductee basically the modern air is if the nascar career started within the past 60 years and the pioneer air is before that so, yeah, um, I figured they would reduce this field eventually once they felt like they got the main uh, people in the Hall of Fame that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So it's going to be a little bit tougher for guys to get into the Hall of Fame coming up, but uh, that's just the way it is, and it will make it become even more prestigious to be one of those three people uh, next year to be able to have been selected to enter the nascar hall of fame so uh hall of fame is really cool i'd like to go down there in charlotte one day and look at it so maybe one of these days i'll get down there but with that that's all of our general news for the week folks formula one news all right folks we got some f1 news for this week um haas f1 uh, apparently couldn't wait any longer and released images of its new ferrari powered vf20 and its livery for this year's f1 season on thursday february 6th the first of the f1 teams to reveal uh my thoughts on the car i've seen the car it's uh like a white um red and uh black scheme i like the paint scheme it looks pretty cool as far as the car itself it kind of looks like the ferrari that uh was run last year <laughs> um they've done this since they've been in f1 so the first year uh haas f1 run they kind of had their own kind of car and then the next year i think in 2000 and uh 2000 i don't i can't remember what year it was but 
the the next car they released was a car that looked very similar to the ferrari's previous year's design uh and then last year they kind of went on their own again and they were terrible out there last year uh so this year's car looks like last year's ferrari with a few subtle changes here and there probably improvements to what ferrari had but yes very interesting but i think that they probably made the right choice they already run ferrari engines so uh yeah they should be faster this year i would say if they're running kind of what ferrari had last year uh they'll definitely be faster this year um and we got several car launches this week with the scuderia ferrari launching their car today uh renault and austin bull red martin will launch tomorrow mclaren will launch on thursday and alfatari uh formerly the toro rosso team and mercedes will launch on friday valentine valentine's day so it'd be interesting to see it's always an exciting week to see those guys uh come out here and release their cars and stuff it's an exciting time for f1 fans and interested to see what the cars gonna look like for this year so and then also we got all these car reveals this week next weekend don't forget uh, starting on February 19th at Bar- Barcelona. At Barcelona, they're going to start testing their new cars. So, uh, revealing the cars this week. They'll be testing next week. So, I'm excited about that. And that is all the F1 news for this week. Supercross news. All right, folks. We got this week's Supercross news. Round 6 of the AMA Monster Energy Supercross Series was in San Diego, California last weekend. Uh, starting off in a 250 class, heat race wins went to Dylan Ferrandis and Austin Forkner. The last chance qualifier winner was Martin Costello. The main event saw Dylan Ferrandis pick up his third win of the season after Austin Forkner had gotten out to the whole shot lead. Joining Ferrandis and Forkner on the podium was Justin Cooper. The rest of the top 10 was Michael Mossyman, Brandon Hartramp, Luke Clout, Jacob Hayes, Carson Brown, Derek Drake, and Alex Martin. And then with that, the points so far in the 250 West Series after six rounds has Dylan Ferrandis with a seven-point lead over Justin Cooper, Austin Forkner, Brandon Hartramp, Alex Martin, Jacob Hayes, Luke Clout, Michael Mossyman, Derek Drake, and Mitchell Oldenburg. And now the the uh, 250 West Series will be taking a break for about four or five weeks while the 450s are out on the East Coast running some races. So, um, yeah, those guys will be on a little bit of a break. And then we go to the 450 class. Um, the heat race wins went to Ken Roxon and Adam Cincerillo. Last chance qualifier winner was Benny Bloss. During the main event, Blake Baggett would get out to a whole shot lead, only to be passed by Adam Cincerillo before the end of the first lap. Adam would lead the next 20 circuits, only to be overtaken by 2019 Supercross champion Cooper Webb with five laps remaining. Webb would go on to pick up his first win of the season. And following Webb across the line was Adam Cincerillo, Blake Baggett, Eli Tomac, Justin Barsha, Ken Roxon, Justin Brayton, Malcolm Stewart, 
Justin Hill, and Aaron Plessinger. Uh, the top 10 in points so far for the 450s has Ken Roxham, has a slim one-point lead over Eli Tomac. Cooper Webb, with his win, brings him within nine points of Roxon. Justin Barsha is in fourth. Adamson Cirillo is fifth. Jason Anderson is sixth. Blake Baggett is seventh. Malcolm Stewart is eighth. Ninth is Justin Brayton. And Zach Osborne sits in tenth in the points. And then we got next up for the AMA Monster Energy Supercross is a stop at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, Florida. For round seven on Saturday, February 15th. That's this weekend. And this will also be the first round for the 250 East Series. So the 250s will finally get on the track this weekend. So with that, that will wraps up our Supercross news for this week. ARCA news. Alright, and this week's ARCA news. Before I get to the race results from Daytona and stuff and talk about that race... Uh, there was a few news items I'd like to bring up here first. So, Venturini Motorsports announced they had partnered with Champion Power Equipment as a team's official power generation equipment supplier. Basically, they're using Champion Generators now. Um, Brett Holmes Racing announced they will field a part-time entry in the Arkham Menard Series this year, scheduled to run in 14 events, and Shane Huffman will return as crew chief for the team. And this was also announced uh, before the ARCA opener at Daytona that Rhett Jones Racing announced that siblings Tristan and Dominique Van Rearinger, I hope I got that right, will compete in several races for the team this year, starting with this past weekend's ARCA Menard Series opener in which Dominique, the older sister of Tristan, uh, competed in the number 30 Durbright Ford Fusion and Tristan, uh, her younger brother, would compete um, in actually today's, Monday's, uh, Arkham Menard Series West opener at New Smyrna Speedway. So that is kind of the news for the Arca stuff this week. And so let's get to the race. The opening race of the Arkham Menard Series was this past Saturday evening. 33 drivers would start the event with pole sitter Michael Self driving the number 25 Sinclair Oil Venturini Motorsports Toyota Camry. He would go on to dominate the race and lead 60 of 80 laps and would pick up his second Daytona 200 win in his career. He was followed across the line by Rookie of the Year contender Haley Deegan, Drew Dollar, Sean Core, Thad Moffitt, Jason White, Riley Herbst, Willie Mullins, Brett Holmes, and Scott Melton. The race was slowed by six cautions and had five lead changes among four drivers. So I watched this race, and I thought it was pretty pretty good. Typical ARCA race at Daytona. Uh, there was some wrecks and stuff. Uh, you know, Michael Self, nobody's going to touch him. Uh, Deegan, I think she had a pretty good car, but... The lack of, of experience and the lack of help there. Uh, she had Drew Dollar, which is one of uh, Michael Self's teammates, behind her. So I highly doubted that Drew was going to push Haley past Michael to get the win. Um, so yeah, well-deserved win for Michael last year. Uh, his season opener at Daytona didn't turn out so well. He's involved in a wreck. 
Um, he will be the leading championship contender this year for the ARCA series. So I look for some good things from him and that Sinclair Oil Toyota Camry that he'll be running this year. Uh, yeah, so I thought overall it was a pretty good race, typical ARCA race at Daytona. If you watched them before, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so the Arkham Menard series is actually their East series is running a race tonight as I'm recording this podcast. It's a Monday night. Um, and I will have results from that race on next week's show. Uh, and other than that, the Arkham Menard series, their next race will be out at Phoenix Raceway on March the 6th. So here in a few weeks, they'll be out in Phoenix, uh, with the cup guys, uh, running their race out there. Uh, and with that, that wraps up this week's ARCA news. IndyCar news. And this week's IndyCar news. Sebastian Bourdais and Dalton Kellett are joining AJ Foyt Racing's IndyCar team for this season. They will share the driving duties in the number 14 Chevrolet-powered Delara with Tony Kanon, who recently announced a five-race schedule uh, with AJ Foyt Racing on the TK Last Lap Tour, Bourdais will set is set to compete at Saint Saint Petersburg Barber Motorsports Park, Long Beach and Portland, and the Oregon Oregon uh, Road Course. Uh, Kellett will make his IndyCar debut at the Circuit of the Americas. He will also compete in the Indianapolis Grand Prix and the Indy 500, along with both Detroit races, Road America, the Streets of Toronto, Mid-Ohio, and Laguna Seca. Um, So I also uh, saw that Australian V8 Supercars champ Scott McLaughlin, McLaughlin, well, is set to for his NTT IndyCar Series debut on May the 9th, racing in the GMR Grand Prix on the IMS Road Course. He recently tested an IndyCar at a Series Rookie Evaluation Test at Sebring International Raceway last month. Uh, he run <laughs> he really good out there, uh, hence him getting a ride now. He'll run the number two Delara Chevrolet during both an upcoming test at Circuit of the Americas and the GMR Grand Prix in Indianapolis uh, in May. Um, really good deal for Scott McLaughlin. Um, he's a heck of a racer down there in Australia. And from, from what I understand, just reading up on this a little bit, is he really turned some heads as far as his ability and stuff in uh, the simulator and stuff and uh, once he got in the simulator and Penske and them guys saw that, they're like, man, this kid might be good in an actual Indy car. So they took him to Sebring and they said he passed the f- stuff with the rookie evaluation with flying colors and impressed him enough, impressed Mr. Penske enough to put him in a car. So that's very exciting for him. And you don't really see V8, V8 uh, supercar drivers come up and switch to Indy car, but maybe we'll see Scott do that. Um, a couple things from Carlin Racing. Um, they confirmed that they'll enter a third full season in the NTT IndyCar Series with Gallagher-sponsored uh, number 59, Delara Chevrolet. Max Chilton will be the driver, and they will race all 12 road and street courses along with the Indy 500 in May. And they also announced that they'll be fielding a second car, the number 31 Delara Chevrolet, Former F1 driver and IMSA sports car ace uh, Felipe Nazar 
and he will split the ride with a Brazilian called uh, his name Sergio Sete Camara uh, Camara. Uh, no idea on the sponsorship or who drives what races for that uh, 31 car yet for Carlin Racing. So it will be interesting to see what they end up announcing. And then also, I kind of read this the other day, and I thought this was a real interesting tidbit on the new aero screen that the Indy cars are running this year. Uh, reading an article with the president of uh, IndyCar, Jay Fry, talking about these things, uh, he said they did a load test on the top of the titanium top frame of these aero screens and they said it can hold 34,000 pounds or as he said basically six Chevrolet Silverado pickups stacked on top of each other um, he said they stopped testing after reaching that number because it obviously exceeded their expectations so I just thought that number was really neat to think that they could stack six six pickup trucks on top of that arrow screen uh that these guys will be uh sitting behind in the indycar series this year so uh, again i've talked about this before kudos to indycar for uh getting that arrow screen in place um hopefully there's more open seater uh series that follow along with this windscreen type deal uh, because uh, it's obviously going to be a lot safer than what uh guys are doing now so with that that wraps up all of our indycar news this week and that's it nhra news all right on the nhra news front obviously we had the winter nationals at pomona this last weekend i'm gonna start off with a little news again that was announced before the race weekend uh so the first thing was uh, Redline Synthetic Racing Oil has extended its long-standing sponsorship agreement with Steve Torrance and Torrance Racing. Torrance has used Redline lubricants since his since its inception uh, in 2001 and uh, 2011. I'm sorry. And in talking about Steve Torrance, it was announced last Wednesday on February 5th that Torrance Racing would be a no-show at the season opener last weekend at the Winter Nationals in Pomona. Uh, no reason was given at the time. And this one really puzzled me, and I still don't know what happened. You know, usually that stuff kind of leaks out. Don't even have a clue on what happened or uh, why that was that they didn't show up. But they were a no-show last weekend, and that's kind of a shocker. He was a champion in the uh, Top Fuel Series last year. So, yeah, don't know about that one. Um, Kalita Motorsports has signed Fifth Third Bank to a multi-year sponsorship agreement as a team sponsor. And then Jason Line announced a couple weeks ago that he was retiring from uh, Pro Stock Racing. Now Jake Coughlin Jr. has announced 2020 will be his final full-time season in professional drag racing. Coughlin's final campaign will be dubbed the Break Barriers Tour. Since 1997, Jake has won five Pro Stock Championships and 82 national events in a variety of classes. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of some big news and stuff. And then this past weekend was the opener for the NHRA, NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series at the Winter Nationals in Pomona, California. The top three categories for the weekend were the Top Fuel Dragsters, the Nitro Funny Cars, and Pro Stock Class. 
the fastest qualifiers were Brittany Force in Top Fuel, Matt Hagen in the Funny Cars, and Jake Coughlin Jr. in the Pro Stock Division. Uh, Sunday's elimination saw the Pro Stock Final with Jason Lyon and Jake Coughlin, both the guys that's going to retire this year. Uh, they were facing each other. And Jason Lyon would get off the line first, but Jay Coughlin Jr. would drive around him and pick up the win with a 6.522 second pass compared to Lyon's 6.565 pass. So only about, oh, three hundredths slower. Uh, Coughlin would pick up his third winter nationals Wally and a 64th overall in the pro stock class. Then, to the Funny Car Final, it would be between John Force and Jack Beckman. Force would get off the line first, but he was no match for Jack Beckman's low ET round of the weekend. Beckman run a 383.7 compared to John's 389.7. So, yeah, that was low ET for the weekend, set in the final round. You save your best for last. Uh, congrats to Beckham, Beckman for that win. And then the top fuel final was a match between rising star Austin Proc, who's driving for John Force Racing, and the KG veteran Doug Kalitta. Kalitta would get off the line first and run a 369 while Proc smoked the tires in his lane and shut it off early. Kalitta wins his fourth consecutive Winter Nationals Wally and his 48th career Wally. That fourth consecutive Winter Nationals uh, wins is a record by far. It used to be three, and now it's four. So I watch these races. Um, really good racing um, yesterday by all these teams and stuff. It's good to see the straight line racers back in action over the weekend. Uh, so yeah, the Winter Nationals is history, and then next up for the NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series is the NHRA Arizona Nationals at Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park in Chandler, Arizona in two weeks on February 21st to the 23rd. So, of course, I will have all the news and results from that race coming up in a couple weeks on the following podcast. Uh, and that wraps up our NHRA news for the weekend. Midget car news. All right, we got some midget car news this week. The USAC NOS Energy Drink Midget Series opened their season on Friday, February 7th in Ocala, Florida at Bubba Raceway Park. There were 23 cars entered in the night's event. Kevin Thomas Jr. set quick time in qualifying. The three heat race winners were Kevin Thomas Jr., Chris Windham, and Tyler Courtney. The 30-lap feature saw three lead changes among three drivers. Tanner Thorson would take the lead from Buddy Cofield on lap 15 and lead the final 15 circuits to pick up the win. Thorson was followed across the line by Chris Windham, Buddy Cofield, Tyler Courtney, Cameron McIntosh, Zeb Wise, Kevin Thomas Jr., Jerry Coons Jr., Dason Persley, and Andrew Laser. Then the USAC Midget Series was back in action on Saturday, February 8th at Bubba Raceway Park. There was 19 cars entered in the night's events. Tanner Thorson would set quick time with a new track record. The three heat race winners were Zeb Wise, Cole Boldine, Tyler Courtney, um, the 30-lap feature saw three lead changes among three drivers. 
Chris Windham would inherit the lead with six laps to go as current leader Tanner Thorson blew a motor and Windham would go on to pick up his first midget series victory of the year. Um, yeah, so they got a two little sh- two race stint picked up down there in Bubba Raceway Park. Those guys have got their season fired up. And we have the, I'll have the top 10 of the uh, USAC NOS Energy Drink Midget National Championship point standing. So with that, we got Chris Windham has a six point lead over Tyler Courtney. And Courtney's followed by Kevin Thomas, Buddy Kofoid, Tanner Thorson, Cannon McIntosh, Zeb Wise, Andrew Laser, Dason Persley, and Tanner Carrick. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be an incredible season for the Midget Series. Uh, so I hope you all follow along all year long. Uh, those points are going to change back and forth, up and down. There's going to be winners all the time. This is a great class of drivers for the USAC Midget Series this year. Um, and with that, the next USAC NOS Energy Drink Midget National Championship races will be on March 7th, 2020 at the Southern Illinois Center in Ducoin, Illinois for the Shamrock Classic. And I think this is the BC39 Shamrock Classic that's put on by uh, Brian Clausen's, uh, the late Brian Clausen's uh, former fiance. Uh, she is going to put on that race, and she has the last few years uh, since we lost um, Brian Clausen. So... That should be a good event out there in DeCoin, Illinois. And with that, that is the rest and all of the Midget Car News for this week. NASCAR News. All right, folks, let's talk some NASCAR news here. There's lots of it this week. Uh, We'll start off with the Truck Series. Cometic Gasket will be sponsoring the Poe Award in a NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series this year. This is a multi-year partnership between NASCAR and Cometic Gasket. Gustine and Timmy Hill have announced their partnership for the season opening race at Daytona International Speedway this Friday night. Gus will be racing the number 56 truck. No word on sponsorship. Ryan Truex has joined Nice Motorsports in 2020 for six races in the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series with Marquis Spald serving as primary sponsor. Ryan's first start with the team will be in March at Texas Motor Speedway. Front Row Motorsports' new NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series number 38 Ford F-150 has announced Black's Tire and Auto Service BTS Tire and Wheel Distributors will sponsor Todd Gillen in four races this year starting with this week's Truck Series Daytona opener. Hollis Spirits will sponsor driver Todd Peck and Peck Motorsports in the number 96 Chevrolet Silverado and the Daytona Next Era Energy Resources 250 for the truck series this week yeah this week's race okay back in line here flying circle returns to am racing and austin wayne self's truck this season starting at daytona car quest auto parts will be the primary sponsor for Corey roper 
Roper Racing Team on a number 04 Ford F-150. K-Seal and Jordan Anderson Racing are proud to announce their partnership for the 2020 NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series opener at Daytona International Speedway. K-Seal will be on Jordan Anderson's number 3 Chevrolet Silverado. And 50 Egg Music and the Mining Company Project founder, Ricky Till have joined forces with All Out Mo- Motorsports to support Corbin Forrester and the number seven Toyota Tundra team during the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series season opener on Valentine's Day, February the 14th at Daytona International Speedway. That wraps up the truck news for this week. Let me grab my notes for the Xfinity Series here, folks. All right, lots of Xfinity Series news here. Hang on just a second here. I'm readjusting. Sam Hunt Racing has announced a partnership with TRD Toyota Racing Development. They will be fielding number 26 Toyota Camrys in the NASCAR Xfinity Series this year. Colin Garrett will be driving the car this year. Some details on the Xfinity Series race on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course on July 4th have been revealed. The race will be sponsored by Pennzoil and dubbed the Pennzoil 150 at the Brickyard. The race will be 62 laps on the 14-turn 2.439-mile road course. Stages 1 and 2 will be 20 laps each, and the third stage will be 22 laps in length. Looks like Poppy Bank and South Point Casino and Hotel will be sponsoring Daniel Hemrick and the number eight Chevrolet Silverado. Uh, I'm sorry, Chevrolet Camaro for some of the races he has scheduled to run with Junior Motorsports this season. Robbie Lines joins JD Motorsports for the first three Xfinity races of the season. The sponsor will be Car and Sons Masonry Incorporated at Daytona. And SunWest Construction will sponsor Lions at Las Vegas and Fontana. No amounts, no announcement on the car number, but I actually have that here in a second. Uh, BJ McCloyd will, is returning to JD Motorsports. His car number will be announced at a later date, and I have that coming up here too. BJ McCloud owns his own Xfinity Series team and runs for JD Motorsports. That's kind of weird. He owns his own team, but. He runs for JD Motorsports, which, you know, Dylan Hart, he owned his own cup team, but he ran for Richard Childress Racing, so what's the difference? Uh, also on the JD Motorsports, uh, with Kerry Geller has announced David Starr will be driving the team's new number six Chevrolet Camaro for the upcoming Xfinity Series season. No word on sponsorships. And then also JD Motorsports has announced that Jeffrey Earnhardt will run at least 12 races for the team this season, his first race with the team will be Atlanta. FlexFit will be the sponsor. Um, and with that, there's like several JD Motorsports uh, deals, uh, announcements there. So I got a driver, lineup, crew chief, car number deal here. So I'm going to read this out. Number 15 car for JD Motorsports. The driver lineup will be Robbie Lyons, Jeffrey Earnhardt, and Colby Howard. And the crew chief will be Mark Setzer. The number six JD Motorsports car will be driven by David Starr uh, full-time this season, and Case Kallenbach will be the crew chief. 
And then we got Jesse Little being a number four car for JD Motorsports. And his crew chief will be Brian Berry. That's the full season um, effort there. And in the number zero car, the driver lineup will be BJ McCloyd and Jeffrey Earnhardt. And the crew chief will be Wayne Carroll. So that is that for the jd motorsports part i got a lot of news out this week next up we got larry's lemonade will be sponsoring brandon brown and the number 68 chevrolet camaro starting with this week's weekend's daytona xfinity series opener hattori racing enterprises will once again field an entry in a nascar xfinity series this year starting with the daytona opener austin hill will pilot number 61 Asian 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 Group Toyota Supra at Daytona and Hattori will also enter some select events in an Xfinity series later this season. Ford Racing Performance School has partnered with Stuart Haas Racing to become a primary sponsor on its number 98 NASCAR Xfinity Series entry with driver Chase Briscoe. Ford Performance Racing School will be on the car for 16 races this season, starting with Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And, uh, I'm sorry, but this is another JD Motorsports announcement here. Uh, Scuttletight will be an associate sponsor on Jesse Little's number 4 Chevrolet Camaro. He will drive for JD Motorsports, and on the number 97 Chevrolet Silverado, he will drive in the Truck Series this year. So... That wraps up all of our Xfinity Series news this week. Let me grab a drink real quick, folks. Hang on just a second. All right. Sorry, I had to wet my whistle here. Okay. Now... To the Cup Series news. Premium Motorsports announced new sponsorship deal with driver Brennan Poole of the number 15 Chevrolet Camaro in the NASCAR Cup Series. Spartan Mosquito will serve as primary sponsor for 17 races this season, including the Daytona 500 this weekend. The car will also display RED, remember everyone disabled.org, uh, organization the red organization helps raise awareness of hardships faced by troops that are currently deployed um really cool to be adding that group to this car anytime you can get awareness out about soldiers and veterans and stuff that i think that's great starcom racing and rick ware racing will team up to field the number zero zero jacob construction chevrolet camaro for rookie of the year contender Quinn Hoff in the Daytona 500 at Daytona International Speedway on February the 16th. And as of right now, Quinn is going to have to race his way in after qualifying yesterday. Lowe's, Lowe's, Love's Travel Stops returns to Front Row Motorsports and Michael McDowell's number 34 Ford Mustang for the Daytona 500 and three other races this year. Loves will remain an associate sponsor throughout the rest of the season. 
Sports Clips has renewed its sponsorship with JGR, Joe Gibbs Racing. They'll be sponsoring Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Eric Jones, and Denny Hamlin throughout the year. Uh, next up, former championship crew chief for Dale Jarrett, um, back in the day, Todd Parrott has joined Rick Ware Racing. The U.S. Air Force will continue its partnership with Richard Petty Motorsports as a primary sponsor on Bubba Wallace's number 43 Chevrolet Camaro ZL1 1LE and this week's Daytona 500. U.S. Air Force will be an associate sponsor sponsor on the 43 the rest of the season. I've seen this car. The paint scheme is wicked. I love the way this car looks at number 43 Chevrolet uh bubba driving that thing it it looks awesome i've seen pictures of it uh over the weekend and it looks really cool um kind of a little tidbit added over the weekend kevin harvick has signed a contract extension that will keep him in the number four stuart haas racing ford mustang through the 2023 season so he signed a two-year contract extension there was no big announcement he was taking questions at a little press conference over the weekend, and he pretty much said, hey, yeah, I'll sign an extension. So it's really cool to see Kevin sticking around. I think he's still got a lot of great racing left in him and, and maybe even another championship. Uh, next up, we got Rig Up, the industry, the energy industry's largest marketplace for on-demand services and skilled labor, is enhancing its partnership with Richard Childress Racing and driver Austin Dillon for the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series season. In addition to primary sponsorship on Dillon's Bush Clash car, Rig Up will sponsor Dillon's number three Chevrolet Camaro during select events this season. Uh, Richard Childress Racing also announced Avalon has joined the number 8 team and Tyler Reddick for the 2020 NASCAR NASCAR Cup Series this year as a full-time associate sponsor. Um, Exalta and Hendrick Motorsports announced today a five-year extension and uh, Exalta will be a primary sponsor of William Byron's number 24 Cup cars for 14 races beginning in 2021. I think this year they're actually doing 22 races on the number 24 uh, Chevrolet Camaro. So they're going to drop some races for next year, but they've extended their uh, partnership. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, and then... NASCAR has set a preliminary test schedule for the next-gen uh, car. Four tests will be run by NASCAR this spring, uh, one in California, Atlanta, Bristol, and Dover. The NASCAR will host team tests with the new car all coming in the late summer and fall. Following the race weekends, there will be 12 of those team tests. Uh, eight of those tests will be at Charlotte utilizing the Oval, and the Roval Road Course. The other four team tests will be at Texas, Dover, Las Vegas, and Phoenix. So this next-gen car, it seems like they're going through a lot of uh, testing, which they need to. Um, hopefully they don't, they don't over-engineer this thing. Um, I don't know. I'm still skeptical about this car, but it looks like they're going to be testing a lot uh still no word on who's going to build the chassis for these cars uh if they're going to have all these cars by the summer and stuff uh i'm sure there's got to be an announcement or something coming up soon about that 
Um, but yeah, eight of those tests being at Charlotte on like Mondays, Tuesdays after race weekends. And then uh, the other four tests will be uh, after, you know, the Texas race in the fall, Dover race in the fall, Las Vegas in the fall, and Phoenix uh, after the season finale at Phoenix. So uh, they're, they need to ramp up these tests. They need to get more cars on the track, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I, I wish NASCAR would come out and tell a little bit more about um, the car and uh, who's going to be building these chassis. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be Delara, but um, I guess we'll find out soon. And then uh, Daytona 500 qualifying took place yesterday, Sunday, February 9th. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won the pole for the Daytona 500 with his new team at JTG Daltrey Racing and the number 47 Kroger Chevrolet Camaro. Alex Bowman would join Stenhouse Jr. on the front row in his Hendrick Motorsports number 88 Valvoline Chevrolet Camaro. Hendrick Motorsports engines would take the top four spots in qualifying. And then of the drivers that have to race their way into the Daytona 500, Justin Haley driving in Colleague Racing's Cup debut, and Brendan Gone would lock their way into the 500 field with their speeds. So uh, they're not technically locked in, I guess per se, but no matter what happens in the duels on Thursday evening, uh, they will be locked into the field at least based on their being the two fastest open cars that do not have a guaranteed spot in the race. Um, and then the two 60-lap qualifying dual races will be on Thursday night, February 13th, and that will set the rest of the lineup for this weekend's Daytona 500. Always like the little uh, dual races. They're 60 laps in length, short races. You have to make one pit stop during the race at least. Um, you split the field in half. I think there's... 43 cars so there's like 21 cars in one race and 22 cars in another um a lot of times you see this race where you see the guys that are on the front row locked into the event um they sometimes will race for the win or sometimes they'll just lay in the back and try not to wreck their cars because they wreck their cars and they have to go to the backup uh they'd have to start in the back of the field for the daytona 500 so Alex Bowman has played that card the last couple of years. He just kind of rides around on the back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. does. I would say he'll probably race for it because he is a big-time restrictor plate racer. Uh, it surprised me to see him go back and ride in the back. Um, other than that, uh, basically besides those guys that have to race their way in for those final spots, um, I would say that you're not going to see uh, too much craziness on Thursday night. But, you know, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And then, um, okay, so now I'm going to kind of freehand this whole deal uh, and talk about yesterday's Bush Clash that I watched on TV. Um, so, yeah, I will go ahead and kind of read you the final results and i will read you a race report so let me get that data here in my hands 
All right, so before I get into details on the race, uh, Eric Jones won the race. Austin Dillon was second. Third was Clint Boyer. Fourth was Kyle Larson. Fifth was Ryan Newman. Denny Hamlin was sixth, and that's all the cars that were running at the finish. <laughs> uh, Chase Elliott was seventh. Ryan Blaney, eighth. Joey Logano was ninth. Eric Alamorella was uh, tenth. Jimmy Johnson, eleventh. Kurt Busch, in twelfth. Kevin Harvick in 13th, William Byron in 14th, Alex Bowman in 15th, Martin Truex Jr. in 16th, Brad Keselowski in 17th, and Kyle Busch finished dead last in 18th place. Uh, there's five caution flags for 21 laps. Um, there was a couple, com- oh, well, there was one competition caution at lap 25. Uh, there was 14 lead changes among 11 drivers. Um, let's see, what else do we got here on news for that race? Um, yep, only six cars running at the end. Uh, let's see here, 14 lead changes, leaders 11. Uh, yeah, there was two wrecks, one on lap 74 that had, let's see here, about eight or nine, ten cars involved. And another eight or nine, ten cars involved on a, on the fourth caution at lap 79. Um, yeah, um, the average speed was 134.899 miles an hour. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about this race. Um, if you're a cup owner and you're running this race, I absolutely would not want to run this race. This race is, I don't know whether you should call it the Bush Bush Clash or the Bush Crash. Because it was kind of pathetic. I mean, these cars have got such big spoilers on the back and the closing rate is incredibly fast. And these guys are blocking insanely too much in my opinion. Uh, the first big wreck was uh, Kyle Bush was going high following Logano through the corners he was trying to cut below him the passing coming out of four and uh, Logano come down to block him hit Kirk hit Kyle Bush Kyle Bush lost it about saved it lost it wrecked a bunch of cars and knocked several out of the race and then they had a real weird restart the next restart um coming to the line uh william byron and ryan newman they were uh nose to tail they both spun their tires at the same time it's almost like they hit oil on the track and ended up wrecking a bunch of cars coming in to get the green flag for the first green white checkered and that tore up about every car uh except for a few and then they had another restart and there's another wreck, <laughs> uh, and then there's another wreck, and another wreck, and another. Yeah, it was just a mess. Um, I, I don't know. I I I, I kind of figured it up, and 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 another writer I read his work. Uh, he figured it up, and we're looking about five million dollars in damages to these cars just in one race yesterday, and that's just with half the field. I mean, that was 18 cars, so we're going to be starting 40 on Sunday. 
Um, so, and I guarantee probably Sunday there probably won't be but 18, 20 cars running at the finish. Uh, there's going to be some big wrecks. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I like the exhibition races. Thank goodness it wasn't for points or anything because that would really hurt guys in the, in the series. But if I was a car owner and I had to go to the four super speedway races a year, I, my butt cheeks would clench just knowing that I'm tight with my money as it is and just knowing that, man, stuff's most likely going to get tore up. Like, Hendrick, all four of his cars were tore up after the race yesterday. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, even though Eric Jones won with a car that was pretty much destroyed, the whole front end had a gaping hole in the front of it. Uh, his car was wrecked. Kyle Busch was out. Denny Hamlin's car <laughs> was all tore up. Um, yeah, I, it, I'm trying to think. They had all their guys in the race yesterday. Uh, Kyle Busch, let's see here. Um, Denny Hamlin, Eric Jones. Yeah, those guys are all tore up. Um, man, it just, just tore a lot of equipment up. You know, uh, there's three cars, two, three, four Stuart Haas cars were all tore up. I mean, Man, these team owners spent a lot of money yesterday for, uh, you know, they don't tell what the purse is anymore because of uh, these new charter rules and all that stuff. But uh, I wish they would show the purse because, um, yeah, I guarantee they spent more money than what they made yesterday, even the winner. Eric Jones probably didn't earn enough for his win yesterday. That it will be the cost to the cost to fix his race car uh, after the race. So, yeah, I don't know what to think about the Bush Clash anymore. Um, an exhibition race on a on a um, you know if they want to run a uh, race like that, take them take them down the road to a New Smyrna Speedway and let them tear them up on a little short track. It'd be a lot more entertaining than watching them go around uh, in a pack and just absolutely destroy everybody's car and one wreck uh you wouldn't do that in smyrna but yeah so that was the bush clash i watched it it is an all right race you know i'm looking forward to this weekend's daytona 500 um so yeah talking about that nascar stuff coming up we got well I don't have my notes here, and I apologize. I probably put the paper on a, another table. But um, so this weekend, we got the Truck Series race on Friday night, which is always a barn burner. I can't wait to watch that one. Uh, Saturday would be the Xfinity Series um, opening race for the series the season uh, with their 300 miler on Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday afternoon is the granddaddy of them all the super bowl of nascar racing the, and nascar starts with their super bowl um the daytona 500 so i will definitely have all those news and results for next week's race races on the big dave's racing podcast and with that that is all the nascar news for the week sprint car news all right now we got some sprint car news folks 
the Ollie's Bargain Outlet All-Star Circuit of Champions started up their season Wednesday night, February the 5th at Volusia Speedway Park in Florida. 34 cars entered the night's events with James McFadden picking up the Fast Qualifier Award. Heat race winners were Jacob Allen, Logan Schuchart, Brock Zierfrost, and Ian Madsen. Ian Madsen and Corey Eliasson would pick up the dash wins. The B-Main was won by Donnie Schatz. The Big Cat, Brad Spruce, <laughs> I'm sorry. The Big Cat, Brad Sweet, and his number 49 Napa Auto Parts Sprinter would pick up the win in a $5,000 payday in a 25-lap event. Sweet was followed by Ian Madsen, Corey Eliasson, Kyle Larson, James McFadden, Tim Schaefer, David Gravel, Sheldon Hoddenshield, Brock Zierfoss, and Donnie Schatz. The All-Star Circuit of Champions was back in action on Thursday night, February 6th. The next night, 34 cars entered the night's events with Darren Pittman picking up the Fast Qualifier Award. Heat race winners went to Darren Pittman and Sheldon Hoddenzild, uh, Aaron Reitzel, and Logan Schuchart. Ian Matson and Brad Sweet would pick up the dash wins. The B-Main was won by Chad Kimenaugh, Clute, Texas, Aaron Reitzel, 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 my buddy Chad's favorite driver here, uh, Aaron Reitzel, would pick up the win in his number 87 Sprinter and the $5,000 payday. Uh, Aaron was the champion for the all-star circuit of champions last year uh he was followed across the line by brad sweet ian madsen donnie Schatz, or donnie shots james mcfadden brian brown darren Pittman, kyle larson david gravel and danny dietrich the all-star circuit champions wraps up their florida speed weeks with a pair of races at east bay raceway park on february 10th and the 11th so right now they're having a race down at east bay raceway park and i will have you those resorts uh, resorts results on next week's show folks next up we have the world of outlaw nos energy sprint car series open their season on friday night february the 7th at volusia speedway park in florida 36 cars entered the night's events with david gravel picking up quick time for the night the four heat race winners were Kerry Madsen, Donnie Schatz, Parker Price Miller, and Darren Pittman. The dash winner was Donnie Schatz, and the last chance showdown was won by Lucas Wolf. Donnie Schatz would pass race leader Logan Schuchart with six laps to go in heavy lap traffic and pick up the win in a $10,000 payday. Schatz was followed across the line by Logan Schuchart, Brad Sweet, Parker Price Miller, David Gravel, Kerry Madsen, Carson Macedo, Darren Pittman, Tim Schaefer, and Aaron Reitzel. The World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series would return to action the next night on Saturday, February the 8th at Volusia Speedway Park. 35 cars would sign in to the night's main events, or the events. Darren Pittman would pick up quick time honors. The four heat race winners were Darren Pittman, James McFadden, Corey Eliasson, and Ian Madsen. The dash winner was Ian Madsen, and the last chance showdown was won by Jacob Allen. The night's feature event would see a terrible crash by Ian Madsen going down the backstretch, trying to retake the lead from Brad Sweet. 
And yeah, so Madsen hopped over Brad's right rear tire and went up into the catch fence and just totally ripped his car apart and the fence and thank god he was able to get out and walk under away under his own power um it they red flagged the event for quite a while to get everything fixed back up and then the big cat brad sweet would go on to take the win and a ten thousand dollar payday sweet was followed across the line by his casey kane racing teammate james mcfadden darren pittman brian brown logan shukart donnie Schatz, carson macedo Sheldon Haldenshield, Aaron Reitzel, and Sam Herfatief Jr. The third and final night of the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series action in Florida Speed Weeks was on Sunday night, February the 9th. 35 cars would enter the night's events with David Gravel picking up the Quick Time Award. The four heat race winners were David Gravel, Brad Sweet, Shane Stewart, and Darren Pittman. The dash winner was Darren Pittman, and the last chance showdown winner was won by NASCAR star Kyle Larson. Shark Racing's Logan Shukart picked up the win in a $10,000 payday in the feature. He was followed by Darren Pittman, Brad Sweet, Sheldon Hoddenshield, Carson Macedo, David Gravel, Donnie Schatz, James McFadden, Shane Stewart, and Aaron Reitzel. The big cat, Brad Sweet, would pick up his second Big Gator championship over his teammate, James McFadden. So, yes, that's a lot of racing, folks. I hope you understood it all. I know I'm kind of rambling on there, but I'm trying to get you all the results that you need and you want. And with that, the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series, their next event will be on Friday, March the 13th. And they will return to the Cotton Bowl Speedway in Page, Texas. And, of course, I will have the results from that race when it happens. But, yeah, lots of sprint car racing last week. Um, like I said, the All-Star Sprint Car Series is running tonight and tomorrow night. I'm recording this on a Monday night. So I will have that action covered on next week's show. And But, yeah. Oh, and make note that the All-Star Series, their races down here in Florida Speed Weeks, they are non-points races. Their races don't, their points racing don't start until, I'm pretty sure, April. Uh, up in, a, in uh, I'm thinking it's Atomic, or, no, Attica Raceway Park. So, yeah, these races down here, they were sanctioned, but they're not points events. However, the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series, those races were points events. So, yeah, with that, that wraps up this week's Sprint Car News. In this week's IMSA Sports Car News, Corvette Racing has announced that Jan Magnussen and Mike Rockefeller will drive its solo Chevrolet Corvette C8.R for both the Lone Star Le Mans race this month at Circuit of the Americas and next month's Sebring 1000 Miles. Colin Braun joins Era Motorsports for the three remaining North America endurance races. Uh, the LMP2 team earned a third place finish in a Rolex 24 opener. Uh, something interesting I picked up on today uh, is Ferrari is actually showing interest in joining the newly formed World Endurance Championship LMDH prototype category. But it's stressed it needs to be able to build its own monocoque or the chassis. Um, that'd be really cool to have Ferrari in the top tier level of 
World Endurance Championship Racing. Um, I think it'd be really cool that they showed up and did that. So hopefully um, the rules and stuff, because I think right now the LMDH chassis will be based off of the current uh, prototypes that they run in the the IMSA series right now. So yeah, those prototypes, but hopefully they figure something out and Ferrari can join the endurance championship stuff uh, in two years. So that'd be really cool. And that wraps up this week's IMSA sports car news. IMSA news. Dirt late model news. All right, folks, there's lots of dirt late model news I have for you this week. Um, as the Lucas Oil Late Model Series continued their Florida Speed Weeks at East Bay Raceway Park in Tampa, Florida, uh, 62 cars entered the event. Group qualifying saw Tim McCready and Devin Moran take top honors in each group. The heat race winners were Tim McCready, Brandon Shepard, Jimmy Owens, Devin Moran, Jeff Matthews, and G.R. Smith. The B-Main winners were Shane Clanton and Chase Younghands, and the Strawberry Dash winner was Alan Weiser. The night's 50-lap main event saw incredible racing throughout the whole race. The race was slowed by five cautions and saw five lead changes. With Dresden, Ohio's Devin Moran picking up his first win at East Bay Raceway Park and his second career Lucas Oil Late Model Series victory. The win was worth a cool $5,000. He was followed by Kyle Bronson, Tyler Erb, Jonathan Davenport, Chris Garns, Billy Moyer Jr., Tim McCready, Hudson O'Neill, Mike Marler, and Brandon Shepard. Uh, watch that one. That was a really cool race. Cool to see Deb Moran, the young guy, get the win and outduel the older veterans of the sport. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that was a good race. Um, night two of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series at East Bay Raceway Park saw 61 cars entered for the night's events. Group qualifying saw Boom Briggs and Chase Younghands take the top spots in their respective groups. The heat race winners were Tim Doan, Jonathan Davenport, Hudson O'Neill, Brandon Shepard, Tyler Erb, and Mike Marler. B-main winners were Shannon Buckingham, Chase Younghands, and Shane, Clay- Shane Clanton. The Strawberry Dash winner was David Brazil. The 30-lap main event saw plenty of action, but not as much as Monday night's race. The race was slowed by six caution flags and saw only three lead changes with New Berlin, Illinois' Brandon Shepard dominating the event and taking home the checkered flag and the $5,000 payday. Shepard was followed across the line by Brandon Overton, Tim McCready, Tim Doan, uh, Jonathan Davenport, Mike Marler, Josh Richards, Jeff Matthews, Devin Moran, and Billy Moyer Sr. Night 3 of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series in East Bay Raceway Park saw 65 cars enter for the night's events. The group qualifying saw Tim McCready and Jonathan Davenport set quick times in both their groups. Heat race winners were Tim McCready, Kyle Bronson, Brandon Overton, Jonathan Davenport, Dennis Herb Jr., and Boom Briggs. The three B-Main winners were Jaden Frame, Brian Shirley, and Logan Robertson. And the Strawberry Dash went to Trevor Feathers. The 40-lap main event saw four lead changes and was slowed by seven cautions, 
with the worst being on lap 35 as leader Jonathan Davenport slowed on the front stretch after hitting a rut and folding the nose under the front of his car. Uh, coming out of turn four, he was crawling to a stop on the front stretch when Kyle Bronson come out of turn four and never saw Davenport and plowed in the back of Davenport's ailing car in a spectacular crash. Thankfully, both drivers walked away uninjured. However, both their cars were completely destroyed. Watertown, New York's Tim McCready would go on to take the victory in a $7,000 payday. It was McCready's second win in four races of Florida Speed Weeks. McCready was followed across the line by Brandon Overton, Brandon Shepard, Tyler Erb, Brian Shirley, Jimmy Owens, Deb Moran, Shane Clanton, Mike Marler, and Mason Ziegler. Night four of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series at East Bay Raceway Park saw 58 cars entered for the night's events. Group qualifying was saw Brandon Overton and Tim McCready lead their respective groups. Heat race winners were Brandon Overton, Broom, <laughs> Broom, Boom Briggs, Jimmy Owen, Tim McCready, Tyler Erb, and Billy Moyer Jr. The three B main winners were Jaden Frame, Josh Richards, and Chase Younghands. And Jesse Stovall picked up the Strawberry Dash win. The 40-lap main event saw six lead changes and was slowed by six caution flags. New Berlin, Illinois' Brandon Shepard, who started 12th in the main event, would pick up his second win of Florida Speed Weeks in a $7,000 payday. He was followed across the line by 20th starting Josh Richards, Billy Moyer Jr., Jimmy Owens, Deb Moran, Boom Briggs, Brandon Overton, Brian Shirley, Billy Moyer Sr., and Tyler Erb. That led us to night five of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series at East Bay Raceway Park, which had 58 cars entered into the night's events. Group qualifying saw Tyler Erb and Billy Moyer Jr. lead their groups in qualifying. Heat race winners were Kyle Bronson, Tyler Erb, Jonathan Davenport, Brandon Shepard, Jimmy Owens, and Tim McCready. The three B main winners were Tanner English, Colton Fleener, and Billy Moyer Sr. And Freddie Carpenter picked up the Strawberry Dash win. The night's 50-lap main event saw five lead changes in a race that featured an incredible finish to the line. Seventh starting Chalk Hill, Pennsylvania native Mason Ziegler would pass Kyle Bronson coming out of turn four on the last lap, beating him to the line by point zero six eight seconds. Following Ziegler and Bronson across the line was Brandon Shepard, Tyler Erb, Jonathan Davenport, Mike Marler, Tim McCready, Tanner English, Brian Shirley, Tyler Bruning. Ziegler's won a cool $12,000 for that 50-lap win. Night 6 of the Lucas Oil 8 Model Series at East Bay saw 55 cars enter for the night's events. Group qualifying saw Jonathan Davenport and Billy Moyer, Billy Moyer Jr. take quick time in their respective groups. The heat race winners were Deb Moran, Shane Clanton, Josh Richards, Billy Moyer Jr., Jimmy Owens, and Brian Shirley. The three B main winners were Jonathan Davenport, Matt Cosner, and Tanner English, and the Strawberry Dash was won by Billy Moyer Sr. The night's 50-lap main event saw four lead changes among three drivers, and the race was slowed by six cautions. 11th starting, 
Brandon Shepard from New Berlin, Illinois, would pick up the win and the $12,000 winner's purse. He was followed across the line by Deb Moran, Tyler Erb, Brian Shirley, Shane Clanton, Rick Eckert, Tim McCready, Shannon Buckingham, Jonathan Davenport, and Billy Moyer Sr. That was the end of the racing at East Bay Raceway Park for the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. And then on night seven, which was last night, the final night of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series Florida Speed Weeks competition would wrap up at the All-Tech Speedway in Lake City, Florida. 34 entries would take group qualifying on the big half-mile dirt track and was led by Tim McCready and Deb Moran. Heat race winners were Tim McCready, Mark Whitner, Deb Moran, Jonathan Davenport. The B-Main winners were Billy Moyer Jr. and Dennis Erb Jr. The night's 50-lap main event only saw two lead changes among two different drivers. The race was slowed by five caution flags. Blairsville, Georgia's Jonathan Davenport would finally pick up a Florida Speed Week's win and a $10,000 in the Lucas Oil Late Models inaugural visit at the Speedway. Davenport was followed across the line by Mike Marler, Brandon Shepard, Shane Clanton, Jimmy Owens, Deb Moran, Tim McCready, Josh Richards, Billy Moyer Jr., and Greg Satterley. The Lucas Oil Late Miles will be taking a break after long Florida Speed Weeks. The series will be in action next month on a doubleheader weekend, making a visit to Atomic Speedway on Friday night, March 20th, for the Buckeye Spring 50 event, paying $12,000 to win. And they'll follow it up on Saturday night, March 21st. The Lucas Oil Late Model Series will visit historic Brownstown Speedway for the 23rd annual Indiana Icebreaker, paying $12,000 to win. So I watched all these races over the past week, and I have to say the the racing at East Bay is incredible. Uh, I'd say a few nights the the racing was just awesome. One night uh, the tide was up. Apparently the tide affects that track and the moisture and stuff, and they're all slipping around quite a bit that whole night. Uh, But, yeah, uh, these races were incredible. I would love to go to East Bay Raceway and watch these uh, Florida Speed Weeks races with these late models. but yeah, good start for Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Saw several different winners. Uh, ironically, Brandon Shepard is leading the points in the Lucas Oil Late Model Series now. And he's also leading the points in the World of Outlaw Late Model Series right now. So he's going to follow the World of Outlaw Tour. Uh, he won't be following the Lucas Oil Tour, but it's kind of neat that he's leading both series uh, at the same time. Uh, and with that... And you know where Lucas Oil will be heading at next month. And I will definitely have those races uh, results on my Big Dave's Racing podcast show when they happen. And that wraps up Dirt Late Model News. Well, folks, that wraps up this week's show, the Big Dave's Racing Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did uh, bring it, bringing it to you all. Um yeah, a big show this week. Uh, lots of news and racing and, and uh, man, tons of events starting off the year, Florida Speed Weeks and stuff. Uh, I know it's probably a long, long uh, podcast here, but um, I appreciate y'all hanging in there with me. I try to get it all in. I hate to keep y'all uninformed on what's going on in the racing world. Uh, I know there's some stuff I don't cover, but... 
uh, I'd have to have a lot longer show and maybe podcast full time <laughs> to bring all the racing action to you guys. But I like to give you all the main stuff. Uh, Winter Nationals was great. Bush, the Bush crash was okay. Uh, sprint car racing was cool over the weekend. The dirt late model action last week was awesome. Uh, yeah, and I've got the ARCA race is pretty good, and I'll have all that stuff for y'all. Um, I got all this this coming week stuff for y'all next week. This week we got Supercross. Um, and darn, I forgot where they were gonna be. And I just talked about them not long ago. Supercross is going to be Tampa Bay. That's where they're going to be at. Sorry about that. Supercross will be in Tampa Bay. NASCAR will be at Daytona. All three series will be at Daytona this weekend. Uh, we got ARCA running tonight in the Menards East Series race, and I will have that for you next week. we got the All-Star Sprint Car Series that are running uh, tonight and tomorrow night. We've got... <clears throat> some um ump dirt late mile racing is happening the next couple nights and in the world of outlaw late miles will be rolling in the rest of the week at uh volusia running there uh some points events i'm trying to think what else we got going on this week uh just tons of news uh the F- f1 car launches this week next weekend's testing next week's testing and stuff so I'll have all that stuff for you guys next week. It'll pre- probably be another long show. Hopefully, I'm going to get a guest on here um, one of these days. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do a guest uh, show separate from my normal podcast show. Uh, I'm trying to keep these at about an hour in length, uh, the show. Um, so, I might do like maybe a Thursday interview show maybe big dave's chat talk show i don't know uh i'm trying to think of of a name it wouldn't be something i could probably do weekly but when i do do a uh uh, interview i could do it on like a thursday or something i don't know but with that i appreciate y'all stopping by i hope you enjoyed got any questions comments or concerns i'm on uh, big dave racing podcast on twitter and i also have big dave's racing podcast at gmail.com so feel free to email me with anything and with that i hope you all have a great week and i will see you next week